Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? What, should we just start? Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Um, your host, Joshua Knoll, and this is your co-host, Tiberius Wan. Yeah, TJ. And we got a couple of guests today. We have uh, Miss Marie Proctor, or, or you're Sam, she's Ruth. I'm Sam, she's Ruth. Sam and Ruth, right. and Dolores Matthews is Ruth. Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that name in a, in a second. Okay. Here. I'm excited to get into that. That'll be fun. Um, we didn't want to talk about, we wanted to read one of the comments left on Facebook right. by your mom. It's like being able to say your mom is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, she said, uh, she commented on the podcast we did with Dr. Link and Dr. Beck, just said it was very informative and thought-provoking. So that was good. We always want to try and read we a like comment or something, just so we can encourage people to comment more so we can read them up. We like feedback, like real feedback. Um, had some feedback that our outro music was a little too loud for you to hear people, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be working on that. And also wanted to say, uh, we, we've been about the same amount of listeners for a while, so we want to encourage everyone to share on your own social media, because that uh, helps different groups of people. You know, I can only reach the same group of people on my social media, and you probably have friends that aren't my friends if you're listening. Probably. Most likely. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. It'd be weird <laughs> if everybody had the exact same amount of friends, and they were all the same people. Right. That sounds like a, what's, what's it called, Black Mirror's Edge or Black Mirror? Black Mirror? Yeah. That's sounds like what Black Mirror episode, Black Mirror. yeah. But or yeah. like a, just a closed community. Yeah. Also, uh, follow us on our Patreon. You can support us there. Please, we need money. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we travel a lot. We need more equipment, all that stuff. Uh, what's what's other things? He wants a new notebook. Well, we don't need a new. Notebook. We definitely need a new mic. Our mic is terrible. This yeah. mic is nice. We're in a packed with a giant church's studio. Would you call this your studio? Office. 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 Yeah. Office so- slash studio slash. Basketball arena. Right, it's a lot bigger yeah, than our right. office. You know, they have one of the, the little basketball hoops over here. That just sounds fun. It's a lot bigger because yeah, we live in a tiny apartment in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. still. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can support us there, help us do some of that, and visit some. We have some, we have some cool guests lined up. So we need to travel for that. Right. Yeah. Did you, did you have anything else? Um, No. Are we going to do our uh, icebreaker question? We're going to do the icebreaker question yeah, so we now. we do a silly question at the beginning of ours, just kind of like break the ice and get everybody involved and be goofy. Cause well, we, first, we, we would like, like you to introduce goofy. yourselves. I thought we'd do that. Uh, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am Sam, or a.k.a. Marie Proctor, and uh, I am Ruth Dolores Matthews. You want to go ahead and tell us about those names? Or, you know, who you are, so they don't just have names. Yes, I am Sam because, or she is Ruth. She is my Ruth because she is uh, my best friend, my ultimate best friend. And uh, just coming off the the heels of uh, biblical Ruth and Naomi and how Ruth uh, followed Naomi just everywhere. And I just loved her. And so she is my Ruth. And she is Sam to me. Um, If you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, uh, Frodo had a friend, Sam, that would not leave him and would even put himself in dangerous situations just to be with him. So yeah. if you yeah. haven't seen the Lord of the Rings, we'll all pray that you meet Jesus. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we all are both head pastors of different churches. Yes. I pastor in Blythewood. I pastor in Lancaster, co-pastor with someone else. Both um, of those are South Carolina. For anyone yeah. who happens yeah. to not be in South Carolina listening. Right. We, have we have a few. Yeah. Kentucky. We got a lot of people in Georgia. I don't know who they are. Shout out to Georgia people. True fans. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So 
with that, we're going to start with our icebreaker question right. now. Do I have permission? You, yeah, you go ahead. Okay, thank you. Need to read it? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. No, no, I, I remember what it was. Okay. So, we'll, we'll answer first. Uh, Y'all have some time to think about it. The question today is, if someone had you as in their contact in their phone, what would be the best ringtone for them to have for you? Like, if I was to call you, it would be the best ringtone you could have for me calling you, which... I still think it's the Jack Sparrow theme is what I'm going to go with. Because, you know, That's a good Pirates of the Caribbean. And also, I have that kind of goofiness of Jack Sparrow where it's like he doesn't seem like I'm playing anything. So then sometimes you wonder, did he plan it? Because, like, it doesn't seem like he did. But that worked out too well for him not to have. All right. That's like a major character trait. Right. So, okay. Yeah. What about, so, what about you, Tiberius? This is, uh, we thought about this question on the way here, and I didn't think about it at all for some reason. <laughs> um, I, I, but, this uh, started because I wanted to put his ringtone in my phone is uh, going to Mars from Judah and the Lion mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, he wants to go to Mars. I do, eventually. Yeah. That's the end goal. But yeah, that's uh, his end goal. I think uh, I might go with the Rattlin' Bog. Like, for someone's <laughs> ringtone for me, the Rattlin' Bog that's really good emphasizes what I would like people to think of me can as. Can you do a line from it real quick? Uh, I can do the first line. No, oh, no, don't, don't, do the, don't do the first line. I'm not going to do the last line. Start if at you, the leaf. If you Start don't, at leaf. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. But if you don't know what the Rattling Bog is, it's like uh, Father Abraham, but for Irish people. Yeah, it just and it's extremely long, line. and it, it just gets everyone into the spirit of you know camaraderie. And My favorite version gets it down to subatomic particles. Yeah. It's subatomic <laughs> particle on the speck, speck on the yeah, eye, eye on the flea, flea yeah. on the feather, feather on the chick, chick on the wing, wing the bird. No. Wing Sing the... It. Wing, nope. I've I got to listen to it, but... Oh, the that's, Bog. Yeah. Down in the valley. Oh. That's what I would... Look choose for my own ringtone since he won't sing it yeah listen to it on That's your own time yeah okay so sam I, I feel i feel extremely set up don't you <laughs> like they said they got to think about it on the way on the way up here this is our favorite thing to do five seconds <laughs> this, this, this is this is I, yeah we did it to my old professors with what was the question that least time? favorite animal yeah mm. that, that was fun was can we go easier? with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no you can't you're not allowed to answer that question no you can't Man, after. I don't even know who sings this song, but, um, oh, I know you, you asked Sam first. Go Sam. All I can think about is I've always wanted to stand on the, 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 uh, boat on the Titanic and that song that mm. comes on too. So there you go. I'll That's be the Titanic. I can't imagine. I was like, like, what have I always wanted to do? Just to stand there with the wind just <laughs> in my hair. Okay. Um, I'd always answer the phone crying when Marie calls. I was like, oh, it's Sam. I don't think I'd ever answer the phone. I think I'd just get sad and then like, why did that song play? I can't bring myself to answer. That's a good choice. Yeah. 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 I'm proud of you. All right, Ruth. Okay, mine would, I I don't know who sings this, and I'm not really sure that I know all of it, so if y'all look it up, don't. Yeah. Probably a Don't judge me. Hello? Oh, no, not really a Dale. I'm thinking, um, is it George Strait that sings, I'm not here for a long time, I'm just here for a good time? Oh, oh yeah, man. yeah. That's, that's a really me. fun ringtone. Hey, yeah. So that's when, me. Yeah. Since hey. Sam calls, I should cry. When Ruth calls, I should have a, like a party? Yeah, yeah. get ready. Huh. Yeah, it's about to go down. I'm very conflicted. That's the message they were trying to convey. <laughs> All right. So we. Have you guys on because last week, Becky Walker, did did you want to say something about last week's podcast? Uh, last week's podcast, our icebreaker question was favorite cloud. I think that's that the most good. important thing we can get out. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we had the women's ministry leader from Anderson University on, and we asked her what, how she feels about female head pastors in the church. 
and she said she didn't agree with it. She said she wasn't, you know, a big fan of female head pastors. Yeah, although she was, she was very supportive of it. Yeah, she, she was very supportive. Yeah. She just didn't believe it was right. Yeah, I remember Almost, like, she did talk about how a lot of times, you know, it comes down to the fruit of the spirit, and you'll see there be women pastors who do have it and men who maybe don't, but she just personally wasn't comfortable with it. Right. It was very respectful, but... She had a different perspective on it than I'm sure you guys have, which we're just really excited <laughs> to see both sides of that. Yeah. yeah. When we got the chance to interview two female head pastors, I'm like, wow, that's the very next perfect. week. Yes. It's, we're, we're really excited about that. So yeah. that's that's a big part about why, you know, I want to say why that podcast happened. I think that one happened so this one could happen. Yeah. It was just a setup. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It was a really. I really liked her and respected her. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, Everybody should listen to last week's episode. Maybe before this one? Maybe? Well, it would yeah, help. It'd be, it's a good setup. Okay. So with that, we want to see the perspective of people who are obviously for women pastors, since you know, both are some. Um, and particularly, we, we find this debate interesting in our time because you know it's a lot of... Uh, where the world culture is very feministic and very, maybe not feministic, but very, you know, pro everybody's progressive. liberty. Yeah, very progressive. progressive. I don't, yeah, almost liberal. Very awesome. Whereas the church likes to be as conservative as possible and almost just disagree with everything the culture says, just to disagree with it sometimes. And of course, we don't want to be on either side just because we don't want to be conservative for the sake of being conservative and we don't want to be progressive because that sounds nice, like a nice way of putting it. We don't want to be on either side just to be on the side. That's tribalism. We talked about that on the yeah. podcast before. We want to be because we want to know the truth. We want to know what the Bible says and we want to be on the side of that. Because ultimately, just like we said in the first episode of this podcast, is the closer we all get to Jesus, the closer we are united. You know, we're all like Jesus. We'll find each other in the same place. So looking for some truth in that, we had some questions for you guys that Tiberius is going to start because I, I can't I don't want to start I can't read your hand right but uh, well we did want to <laughs> that's fair we wanted to ask how you decided to become head pastors like what what moment in your life made you realize that's what you wanted to do or if it just kind of happened you know accidentally <laughs> how do you accidentally become a pastor I'm I'll not let sure you go first. I'm, I might yeah. do it one day I'll let you know <laughs> First pastor on Mars. Thumb wrestle over I it. I surrender to you. Flip a coin. Thumb wrestle. Can Thumb we just wrestle. go with that? Nope. Well, I will tell you this. I did not grow up thinking I would ever be a pastor. Uh, not uh, because of any kind of view of women in ministry or anything like that, but uh, just because... Um, it wasn't anything that interests me. Uh, I was more about like building and that kind of stuff. It wasn't pastoral ministries until a transition happened until uh, the church that I'm at now was um, in need of a pastor. And mm. so prior to that, I did get my license in ministry, just thinking it would open doors, whether it was women's ministry, what, whatever it was. And uh, so when, when it happened for, for me to become a pastor, um, I know that it was orchestrated by the Lord. In fact, one day I had a funeral at a gravesite, and it was just a small, a small funeral with a lot of uh, people who did not believe in female pastors. And I think that was my first um, encounter with people who did not think that females should be in a pastoral role. Very welcoming environment. Yeah, and, yeah. and they were very nice, but I, I would have not known that until I went to the car and a couple uh, 
took me to the side and was like, hey, you did a really good job. I just, I just want you to know you did a really good job. Uh, but let me ask you this. We, you know, we've always had the view that, that uh, pastors um, are male, not female. And I said, well, I'm called by the Lord, you know, not man. And so for me to be in that, that role as pastor, it was not something that I had chosen. It was something that I just answered the call to. And um, yeah, I don't. You just saw a role and you filled it. Right. Yeah. You weren't you were actively seeking it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you were standing next to a door and it opened. It opened. Like, oh, well, I might as well. Right. Yeah. Well, that's Called like the um, name. <laughs> brother Baker always told me when making some decisions, he uh, he talked about a lot of people are almost too spiritually inclined or they want to hear a divine revelation. He's like, and he his go to is uh, David and Goliath. He said. David didn't stop and pray or get an answer from God. He saw a giant and he did God's work because it was there to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think that's right. You know, the position you filled in. That's right. Awesome. Right. So it's for me to have to defend that position or anything. I think it's you. You know, take it up with him. <laughs> I don't, I'm just, I don't know, I just doing my I just job. Did what was there. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that was fine. Yeah, I didn't grow up thinking I would ever be a pastor. Right. Yeah. That happens a lot where people don't really think. They think what they're going to be, and it just never happens. It's like, you know, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be the president. Like, that's that'd be cool if that happened, but also might not God, be what you're called to do. God kind of prefers the humble. You mm-hmm. know, people who are like, oh, I want to be a pastor one day. It's <laughs> almost like God just kind of <laughs> oh yeah, isn't as on board with it. It's like, oh, really, are so you? We'll see. <laughs> oh, my, um, I guess... You know, we we believe in calling and and know that you know God has purpose, but I think He led me to my purpose um, through problems. Like I, I saw a problem, mm-hmm. and um, whereas I guess you would say an opportunity, uh, I saw a problem that needed to be solved, and so I started out actually in youth ministry before becoming a, a lead pastor. And youth pastored for many many years, and it was out a result of um, my transformation and what God had, um, I guess, healed me from through childhood. And so quite naturally, my heart went out to, to young people and kids. And so that was where my start was. And uh, it just began to mature into, not necessarily like this was the next step, because like Sam, I, I didn't pursue this particular position. And we can even say now, we could take it or leave it. It's not anything. We're still going to do the work of the Lord. Um, he just for whatever reason, has placed us in this place of, we see it as influence. Um, we, For us, leadership is all about le- influence. Pastoring is all about influencing through leveraging love for, for people and watching God God do His work. So and that, that sounds like a, just a really quotable thing. Yeah. Pastoring is all about influence. Yeah. Was it uh, leveraging love, you said? Influencing yeah. by leveraging love? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at quotes. That was good, though. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know... It's interesting to me because without directly being involved, I think you guys were both kind of involved with my ciphering through the scriptures because I didn't know there was anything at all about women being headmasters at, like, really, until I went to I went to a Baptist college, Charleston Southern University. So when I first kind of heard that debate at all, I had a great professor, Dr. Beck, who was on yeah, episode 11. He was, he was great. Smart, smart yeah. fellow. He refused to tell us his stance on it at all. <laughs> and he just set up someone. He just like, he, he started the argument just so someone would be on that side. He'd be like, okay, now I'm going to set up the other side and just watch you all argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great way to do theology. It was a lot of fun. It was a really fun class. But, you know, I, I never even realized it was an issue. And uh, in that, of course, 
introduced us to First Timothy chapter two. So we're gonna talk about some about that. And that's my first thought was, I mean, I know two people who like, you know, like in my head, it was a really natural progression. Like I, Marie was my babysitter once right. upon a time. Mm-hmm. And I've known her <laughs> when she was a children's pastor and, you know, so on and so on. I was like, oh, it was a really natural progression. Yeah. Dolores, I've mm-hmm. known from camp for years and years and years. Like, yeah, yeah they're just, they've always been spiritual leaders. Why does it matter if it's yeah. says pastor well, well, or not? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's yeah. just what they are. That's kind of mm-hmm. how it was for me. I didn't, I didn't know that was an issue until I went to North Greenville, which is, you know, a Baptist college. And it's like, yeah, it's like Charleston Southern Sister what you, School. What do you mean women can't be pastors? Right. Yeah, that's dumb. I, I know. I know. <laughs> And and it's still kind of, um, I wouldn't say a shock to us that we are still having to talk about this in 2019. But the reality is, um, you know, at my age, uh, my, my mom, when she would have been raising kids, would have needed to get my dad's permission to even have a credit card. Like he would have had to co-sign for her. So when we think about the progression as women, and obviously you guys are interested in what it means to be a woman and and pastor, but when we talk about the feminist movement, sometimes that just feels so negative. Like, oh gosh, you know, are they burning their bras and demanding whatever? I know TJ hated the female part of Avengers Endgame. It was dumb. I haven't oh, seen it yet. Don't say that. Yeah, I'm, hold on, I'm trying to catch it. It just wasn't. That. It wasn't set up. They just kind of had a random scene where they were like, "Yeah, girl power," and, and it was like, "Was that necessary?" But it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a bad yeah. thing. It was just kind of a. Why yeah. was that there? It was a poorly put together thing. But that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> and and I don't know that that's something that we set out to throw around our weight, or we don't believe what you believe, and uh, you know, we believe that we're all created equal. Or I, I don't know that we put much emphasis on it. Had you guys not asked us to do this i don't know that we would have had to be aware of oh yeah there are people out there that still disagree with yeah. um i mean we get it occasionally where someone say will say hey my husband won't come to your church because you know there's a female pastor that's, but that's those are very that few really yeah. and i didn't hear anything like that until i became a pastor and then i began <laughs> to hear things and um we would have conversations prior to that and she would um, just kind of, I guess the area she's from, she would have more of the, you know, uh, derogatory comments toward, you know, females in ministry and stuff. And I, I didn't really have that. Now, once I became a pastor, I could look back and see where there were some pretty dominant, you know, male leadership roles where there was like some threads of, um, I think, what um, Becky said last week, the complementarianism uh, that yeah. you uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Y'all listened. Yeah, I did. I did. She did a great, great job too. And uh, I, I think um, she's probably. We love you guys. Was it what did she say that um, she's over the ladies, the women at um, Anderson University, and seventy yeah. percent are women. She yeah. Did. And I yeah. thought, okay, she's more of a leader there because if she is over seventy percent of the, you know, yeah. enrollment there, she's seventy percent in charge. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm and, and and also I heard too through through her that there were positions that she wanted that she couldn't. And th- so there was some suffering yeah, that, that was went. Some really interesting. Yeah. To me. So I definitely vote for Becky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody, yeah. Uh, Becky 2020. That's actually the end goal of our that would Yeah, be. that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Surprise. We're uniting. But she did a good job too. Just uh, you know, just bringing bringing that to the like, table. I thought she was just so respectful and it still felt very. like she was very much you know female power but also just on this one issue saw differently yeah it was, was kind of cool yeah which we read it last week i'm gonna read it read again, it again. Because, you know this is kind of where the argument centers around scripturally 
So it's First uh, Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 9. And of course, uh, New American Standard Bible, because it's the best. I'm going to keep saying that until someone emails me and argues, because I just really want to have this conversation with somebody, because okay. I just think it's a fun conversation. I, I get a lot into biblical language and that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, it says, uh, likewise, this is Paul speaking, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women, making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. And that's, that's where it kind of centers around. But to remain quiet, for it was Adam who was first created and then Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. I got to be honest also with that scripture. I always thought the whole like guys being like, oh, it was women's fault. I didn't, I just thought that was a funny thing guys did. I didn't think that was in the Bible. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> weird. Just <laughs> <is> very <laughs> odd scripture for me personally. Weird right. joke, guys. Yeah, so what's right. a, what's, how do y'all deal with this scripture? Well, well, I think um, I'll, I'll just set you up to unpack it. Um, I, I think what we've, we've done with that is set the model for the church of what it looks like to be a pastor. And is that what really Paul is saying? Because that's, that's the problem. The problem is, it's like we, we are using that particular passage to say this is what it looks like to have women in leadership, or this is the pastoral model for placing people as a lead pastor, right? That's that's the question today. How can we say that we are lead pastors, and yet yeah, you yeah. you just read that that yeah. particular? Paul says you can't tell, teach me anything. Right, which right, just right. Obviously, isn't true. Right, right, because we're, there's other places too where Paul says you know there's neither uh, Greek nor Gentiles, uh, male nor female, uh, that we're we're all equal. And so, but what about this? And so, and what about us? And um, was Paul setting up the model of the church? Right. And so, you know, Paul, do you want us to serve or do you want us to sit down? I mean, which one? Do you want us to shut up or do you want us to speak up? And so I think we have to look at Paul too. Paul, um, prior to conversion, was uh, what we say um, a bull in a china shop. You know, he went in just persecuting <laughs> the church. And so we naturally take that same personality into the church thinking that he's going to set the church straight. And, and you just said that. You said naturally. But but should we be doing that? It's almost like we painted this picture of Paul, pre-Paul. Right. Angry, mad, killing Christians. And then we still paint this picture of angry, mad, still killing. Authority setting, or, or setting uh, people straight yeah, in the church. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, when people have brought that verse to, to us, I think um, it's never with gentleness. It's never with, well, we care about you being out of the will of the Lord. It's never that. <laughs> right. You know, it's always aggressive. Yeah. And it's always, well, Paul said this. And and um, as we were just kind of unpacking this for this, this episode, we were thinking, wow, people have really tried to pit us against Paul. Right. So what was his yeah. goal? His goal was uh, open that passage up again and look at um, the first chapter and go to verse 5. So we have to look back to see what Paul was trying to accomplish here. Again, this is the best version. Okay. It says, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Okay. So right there, Paul was coming to them at love. He was pulling them close and saying, let's 
let's talk. Um, I think Paul went into, uh, you know, there's so many schools of thought of what, you know, Paul was doing here. Um, When I look and um, when I I think about uh, women in ministry, and this is the passage that is used all the time, but if you look in a different, maybe Corinthians or somewhere, it talks about Paul saying uh, to women, when you prophesy, you know, prophesy with your head, you know, either covered or uncovered, something like that. And so um, how is he giving women the authority to prophesy when he's having them to be silent and not teach? Um, So I guess we could go a variety of of ways here, but I just think about the culture that they were in, the Greco-Roman culture, and there was a lot of Gentiles that came in that, that were doing a lot of there was a I think that was just kind of like the hub of a lot of different um, cultures. And so there had to be something set there. He, Paul always tried to leverage love and a clear conscience. And so I know as a pastor, if you've ever pastored, you know that you can't just go in the church and change the culture overnight. It takes, what have we seen, like at least three years to begin to change the culture of the church. And so when Paul's given Timothy these instructions, the end result wasn't to always have these women um, not in these roles. I think that, that the culture was beginning to change. And obviously here in the, you know, Western church, uh, we still kind of pull these things out. But I go back to the text. If you read later in Timothy, it talks about slavery. Well, we know slavery is wrong and it's been abolished here, but there's other things that people want to fixate on uh, just because it promotes um, power. And I I think sometimes people want to fixate on certain issues because it makes them more powerful, especially if they can um, suppress women and and, uh, suppress um, certain topics that will cause them to be, you know, more powerful. So I don't know. I just, um, I, I think we could go, you know, a lot of different ways there, but I don't think Paul was trying to hand down a bunch of rules like he did in his prior conversion. I think he was going into saying these meetings are out of control. This is what's happening when we have these meetings. Because if you go on past verse 5, it will talk about the meetings. They were still trying to hold to the law of Moses. And so those meetings were wild and and out of control. And so he had at least put something there. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, that's kind of, uh, you know, our take right now. There's, you know, several other scriptures. If you look at at Paul, when Paul goes back to um, male and female, and even in Genesis, he references Adam and Eve. And um, I... It's very powerful. I'm, I, and I, I'm serious. When I read that again, it's like, okay, I don't even know what to do with that text. You know, it's it's almost sickening when you read it, and it's like, oh, what do you do with that until yeah. you begin to try to unpack it? Like in today's world, that just sounds so bad. Yeah, it does. It does. And I was reading a book. It's called um, Paul and Gender, I believe. And there's a part in there where they talk about if we think this is pretty harsh toward women. Imagine what Paul was saying. To toward the men and so when he gives the men instruction of how to care for the church he tells them to nurture them uh what does he say that he nurtured the the flock the the congregation like a like um, he had to give them milk because they weren't ready for solid food they weren't ready for the meat because they were new believers and they were immature right so back then we think now oh we'll just put uh milk in a bottle and give it to the baby we're cool No, but back then they didn't have bottles, right? So he is telling this male pastor to nurture this flock like a mother does her children. So there is uh, feminine qualities that 
these pastors are having to take on that wasn't very acceptable in that culture because it was male dominance. And so imagine a man having to take on the image of a mom and literally breastfeeding the church. So to me, when I think about that, I am like, wow, that's probably more a dig on a man than a woman. But when you think about it in both contexts, I really truly believe that Paul was trying to not pit one against the other, but that they, he was certainly trying to care for the church as a just whole. Just corrected everybody. Yeah. Say what? Yeah, it's like he, he corrected everybody. I may not think I can learn from them, but you guys were all just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, what what I love about God redeemed your personality, and like Paul was very harsh in a bad, negative way beforehand. But God redeemed the personality. Like you still see a lot of harshness from Paul, but it's like in love. Like now it's correcting and, and building people up as opposed to tearing people down. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting. Like um, in 1 Corinthians 15, you know, he's correcting the church there. And in his correction, he reads, uh, Brethren, don't be children in your thinking, yet in evil be infants. Like he was just straight up was like, hey, some of what you're doing is straight up childish. Be only childish in how evil you are. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that was, that was pretty harsh. He just was like, yeah, hey, what you're doing is childish. Like, well, all right, Paul. Yeah, it's a letter. I can't bring it around. Back. What? What? Don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and two, he uses a lot of imagery there too. When you think of an athlete, back then it was male athletes, and so mm-hmm. he's telling people. But what do we do? We adopt that for male and female to yeah. say, run the race. You know, do the work of an athlete. Prepare yourself, and all of this. But yet, naturally, back then it was definitely masculine. Look at the the uh, whole armor. Armor of God. Yeah. Who wore that? Men. So why do we try to put that on women? <laughs> well, well, I think, too, that we're missing the, the context of which it was said. You know, is, is this Paul setting up the model for the church? We got to get back to that. Was yep. Paul saying this is the model of the church? Women are never supposed to. Or was this in the context of what was happening in that society at that time? That's what Sam is saying. Was this part of the culture? Was it it's believed that, um, you know, the, the pagan temple... Um, you know, had prostitutes and, and, and they were the hub of the city. And if you were yeah. employed, it, you know, they ran the city. And so Paul comes in and he's, and he's trying to bring about, um, I don't even necessarily know that, it's, you know, this harsh yeah. correction or whatever, but setting oh, this up so that hey guys, it uh, is. We also have guest dog. What, what's yeah. dog's name? Willow. Willow. Oh. Does Willow know how to speak? She thinks so. She'll howl or... Um, yeah. I would have her speak if she would. <laughs> Sorry. No, quite all right. I'll say this. I'm ADHD. I'm, our I'm our, used our to, audience is very I, used to Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to Willow, too, just kind of barging in, doing her thing. Um, she thinks she's human. But, uh, yeah, and I think it's I think it's back to what what is the context to which Paul is writing this? What, what was the culture? What was the society? And um, what kind of order was he trying to bring to those those people? We have to also understand this. There was false teaching going on. So he was trying to ad- address that. Not necessarily, you know, women, listen, they, they were the ones who were um, bringing in some of the false teaching that was coming from, um, you know, uh, that was in, in the culture yeah. at that time. And so he was making them aware. Like, um, so what was Paul really addressing? Is this the model that the church should be following? Because throughout Scripture, look look at Jesus. When we go back to Jesus, who was the first evangelist? Man, this guy brought up two weeks in a row. This is crazy. 
You know what I mean? Like who were the first evangelists? Women. How can we deny Jesus's um, love for all of humanity? He came to put us all on the same playing field. We all have no skin in the game. We're all, it's even Stephen. When the, the first people to announce um, that he has risen are females. Yeah. So how do you wrestle with that? How do you wrestle with the scripture? Yeah. And I think for us, um, and I know you want to dive into the unity, and 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 we know how we have managed to <laughs> uh, still love and, and all of that. <laughs> but but I, I think it's important for us to to take the whole Bible and also understand the context to which these passages were written. That's important, and it's also important to understand you know what Jesus said and yeah. did for women. The lady at the well, I mean, all that oh, yeah. stuff. He should have never been talking to her. Yeah, right. I think, um... And she went and told the whole city. You know, <laughs> evangelize. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, it's interesting. I also was taught this at Charleston Southern. They talk about hermeneutical principles, and one of the major things that they like to use is learning what type of literature everything is. Mm -hmm. And if it's a letter, you have to understand that was from one specific person written to one specific group. So I think that's what you were saying, right? It was mm -hmm. a specific letter, not necessarily instructions for the whole church. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and I also get to throw in the whole church. See, I like when I get whole to say church. that. Yeah, bars. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. trademark. It, it's not trademark. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, sorry. And you, you were getting ready to say something? Um, Did I put I you forgot. on the spot? No. Willow yeah, got her. That happens. Okay. <laughs> well, but yeah, so so I think, I think that is important that it's, we look at... Um, what was it written for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I said last week, and, and I'll challenge anybody: if you read any of the books attributed to Paul, you'll you'll see him struggling with this—the idea of God's freedom and also what does that look like with order right now? Because God is a God of order, and in that culture, it was, it was something that was really hard for him to struggle with. You can see that almost like he's kind of conflicted within himself, trying to figure out what does that look like, and I, and I think um, that's the challenge even today. You know, we talked about um, we live in a very progressive culture where the church is trying to be very conservative, to be different from the world. And what does it look like to be loved by a God who, Galatians 5.1 says, it said, this is for freedom, he set us free, but also who is a God of order? When what's that look like in today's society? Yeah. Um, also, uh, Jesus um, as man, Jesus is head of the church, man is head of the, the woman. So we use that scripture too to say, you know, that, that women... five Women... Uh, probably uh, um, submit you know to the the husband and later on you will see where it says submitting one to another in love so it's not just one without the other but Christ even in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, said that he is um, you know he says come unto me all you who are heavy laden I'll give you rest you know he says he's meek and lowly in spirit and so if the male was to take on the character of Jesus it would definitely be that of humility and gentleness and nurturing and comfort and we don't see those types of characteristics in the male culture today yeah um, those are not considered masculine traits right so interesting yeah to be the head like that and then having that that head to be that to his wife uh i don't think you would have a problem with a woman <laughs> doing anything for you <laughs> if uh you know you yeah. were that nurturing and that caring and comforting and yeah yeah well that's it's also just really interesting because i mean i've heard people preach that section of scripture a lot you know from from both perspectives but it's all like it's like oh women are told to submit but men are told to lead like christ and then immediately afterwards says you know loving them same way christ loved the church i mean i mean dying for how is that different than submitting that sounds like 
you're submitting to each other, right? Like if I'm willing to die for you, that's in a way me submitting my life to you, right? right? And he came to be servant of all. These are the things I think about. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff, Josh. But, uh, okay, so, sorry. This is just fun. I could honestly talk about this all day, but that's, that's the last question, DJ. Uh, so how would you go about uniting with people who don't support the idea of a female head yeah, pastor? You clearly said you've encountered them, those yeah. kind of people before. So. Do you just like box them and get them out of the church or? <laughs> oh, delete they, them on they Facebook. don't come to our church. Do we just delete them on Facebook? We serve them? a nonviolent Jesus. Oh, right. <laughs> oh man. He likes to flip tables. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. Um, nonviolent Jesus, yeah. Uh, we had this, um, when I first started pastoring in Blythewood, uh, we had another church uh, lose their pastor, and so some of their members came over to be with us, and and they didn't know me. And one of them said, uh, she was she was pretty bold, and she reminds me often, and I try to tell her I have feelings, but she's like, you know, I didn't believe in female pastors. And, um, and she said, I didn't want to come over here. But just after, after being here, she said, I never believed in female pastors. And she said, but there was just something that was just so genuine and authentic and just um, welcoming that I couldn't refuse. And I, so I, I think, you know, how we do anything, we do everything. So whether it's this particular position or working or, uh, you know, on a daily grind or going to Walmart, um we we're just gonna we're just gonna love people where they're at despite if they believe like us or you know or are willing to accept us it's not always easy but um again uh, there's no ego here for this this position we, we feel yeah. called to it and you know we feel like that that's what the lord would have us to do so um i agree with you all when the world <laughs> um sees that the church is one i, I think it's possible because jesus prayed that we would be one um, I believe that that will be irresistible for them. And, and I almost hate to say world, like it's them against us, man, that just, that feels even awful to say, but, uh, for my lack of vocabulary, we'll just use that term today. I guess it's more of a light and darkness, you know, the yeah, yeah, light yeah. has no part in darkness, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's not in the darkness. Yeah. Light can't exist without darkness and darkness can't exist without light. Yeah. But you know, us as Jesus That's followers and non-followers, uh, I think when they see that we we are one, yeah. and how do, how do we get there? What are we going to leverage? Do we leverage our belief, like oh no, we we know we're right, or do we leverage love? Yeah. Well, and the it's same fun. grace that we want people to extend to us is the same grace that we have to extend to other people. So it's not grace is not just one sided. Love is not just yeah. one sided. I had a, a man; he was a former deacon at a Free Will Baptist Church, mm -hmm. and um, he said, you know, he said. All my life, I had never believed in women pastors until I met you. And it was just, and, and he's probably in his 70s. And it's amazing how people have just met us and the genuine love that they feel. It's like I'm, they're even rethinking some of the things that, that they once taught. And so, you know, we're not trying to, to change people's doctrines or belief, but love has the power to change things that nothing else could. And uh, so, yeah, we, we're not exempt from people not believing like us, too. So that's why I say the same grace that other people demand is the same, you know, that it, it goes both ways. Yeah. And actually, it reminds me of um, my grandpa, my papa, with uh, my dad. My dad was an evangelist whenever he met my mom. And um, when he preached at their church, 
you know, he, he went bowling. And at that time, our church was like adamantly against bowling. Well, that's just a fun fact. If anybody wanted to know, Church of God of Prophecy used to hate bowling. Bowling is up there. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually, actually really did believe that. And my, my papa was one of those. He hated bowling. I heard my, but then after he, you know, he listened to my dad preach and he heard my dad went bowling. He was really conflicted. But then he realized, you know, I could tell God's spirits in this. Do you I think Jesus God's would go bowling? <laughs> what would what would Jesus do? I feel like he'd um, he'd have a perfect score, probably. Uh, <laughs> that's just not fair. <laughs> but uh, no, but so the, the thing was, uh, so my grandpa realized, you know, he felt God's spirit, and that allowed him to open up. And bowling became one of his favorite things to do. So that was, that was just a fun fact. But uh, I think it is like that. We heard that um, when we talked about the camping and tongues talk and then even last week's episode i think a lot of times it's if you open up your spirit and you listen to what god's doing sometimes it'll surprise you mm-hmm. and i think um i think anyone who met you guys would know you know the spirit of god is with you guys and we we love you guys and appreciate you guys we, we appreciate that josh too. yeah we don't have an axe to grind i mean you know yeah. there's there's nothing in us that we, we don't want to prove anything to anybody in fact when we introduce ourselves we normally leave out the part that we're pastors yeah <laughs> you know and then they're shocked later case. on to realize you are pastors and so that's not a topic of conversation that we just I do not up. invite people to church not because i'm ashamed of my church but um i, I don't want them to think i i got a gotcha mm-hmm. yeah. you well know? it's also like I'm the same way, though. Yeah. Well, I think for me, having, having been, you know, when I, when I went to college, I went to a secular college first, and I heard from a lot of people what threw them off from churches. And it was stuff like, you know, people wanted me to go to their church, and blah, why do they want me to do this so bad? And it turned them off from people who went to church, or they went to church and the offering plate was passed around and people are begging them for money. They don't know why. Why should I give you my money? Like, they have no idea why things happen the way they happen. Mm-hmm. And then that, that just spoke to me of, like, we don't share the gospel enough. We invite people to church, and we, and we don't tell them the good news. We just tell them, hey, come here, and you might hear the good news mm-hmm. if you give us money. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The good right? news is behind a paywall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, 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 this part's for free. We might leave this for part two, which is coming up. It's going to be on uh, you guys' podcast, the Church of a Dying Pastors of a Dying Church. I was about to say yes. churches of a dying pastor. <laughs> no, that's a different story. That would be they an interesting podcast too, right? The Titanic. Churches of a yeah, dying pastor. Yeah, Titanic. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I'm really excited for, a long for that. Time. Y'all are going to get to ask us questions about being young men. I'm told I'm, Whatever you I'm want. not as young as this. Yeah, we're excited. Kid. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a the male. younger male. Yeah, his opinion's more valid. Yeah. That that's what that means. That, that's <laughs> not what that means. Weighted opinions. Oh man. So one thing we like to do before we wrap up. Well, actually, did did you want to uh, did you want to use your word? My word? Yeah, he likes to use oh, a word. Oh, we can, but uh, well, I'll I'll leave it out. I won't say it this time. He wants to say ramifications. Ramifications. Yeah, but he's he's trying to figure out how to squeeze that in there. If people do open up their spirit, you know, they pray more, and we're all more open and. Leverage love. What's something that we could see immediately change in the church? That that's his ramification question. Yeah. I just reworded it. All right, and say it one more time. If I was just thinking how you're going to we fit ramification talk- in there. <laughs> if we were talking about, we're talking got- about how to. Okay, go ahead. Dolores has it. Uh, um, I think or, love compels love. Love compels love. Yeah, she's so, so quotable today. I so so I I think that's the ramification. Have you yeah, as been we love, quotable and me not notice, dude. Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm just, 
You know? Oh, man. I'm just so chill. I want a daily <laughs> devotional book that has quotes from... <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I learned it all from Sam, from really? so really, if it comes out of her head, I'm just a, no. I'm just a mouthpiece. I can't wait to see I'm it. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm the Aaron. She's the mm. Moses. That'll be da, da, the da, first da, da, da. merch. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is when you start selling merch for your podcast, yeah. Pastors of a Dying Church, the first like two should just be quotes from you guys, just books of quotes. And I like, can't. One needs to be serious, like really good, like love compels love, and then the other one needs to just be like uh, all the dumb questions we yeah. ask. Yeah, we'll I'm sure we learned it along questions. the way, though. We can't make a book, though, because, yeah. yeah, we got it from somebody. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we, we've learned it along the way. Well, you know, some you people know. think there are no original ideas, so. Really? So, we'll just so we can just take it? Yeah, yeah why not? Hey. Love compels love. As, as long as no one can Forest find where the original oh, source, dang. then you can't get copyright. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm about to make a, go get a really beautiful picture of a mountain and like do like cursive writing and have love compels love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually just going to get <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know love compels love Instagram? in Hebrew, right. just tattooed on my chest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hashtag Dolores Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do DM for short. I don't need my whole name. Really. <laughs> Hashtag DM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get that. Her name tattooed on you as well. So. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do y'all believe in tattoos? I do. Joshua okay. has like seven. Do you I, really? I don't have seven. 17. So the long story was, <laughs> so you, you know, I had that bad accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a lot of scars on this arm here. Uh-huh. Stop. Stop that. <laughs> so I got, I got a tattoo on this side to kind of cover up some of the scars and like incorporate a part of them. But then I realized I was OCD and I only had something on this side. So I was like, oh, I got one on this side too. And that's, that's basically it. They're just really big. So we count them seven. But they're not symmetrical, right? No, they, they are. They're, they're more or less they symmetrical. Are. Yeah. They have almost the exact same design. They're just different tree branches. Okay. So this one is um, the cherry cool. blossom tree, which Japanese culture is for new life. So I have the Greek word from the New Testament of Anazao, which is new life. And then this side is oak tree because... From whole Tennessee, church. and we had a lot of oak oh, trees. Whole and church. I have um <laughs> yes because of whole church. You know, it had the Thanks Hebrew for word uh, for be strong and courageous. So this is like my roots, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, very Jesusy tattoos. And there's one on his back. Yeah. Wait, do do y'all not believe? Why in does tattoos? TJ know all your tattoos? tattoos? That's I awesome. Have to, I have to see him shirtless a lot. Oh, okay. He doesn't like we, to wear we a shirt. We go to Disney, and we got to. Yeah. You take your shirt off at Disney. Well, I mean, well, if you, you go to the pool, we've been here. Uh, we have to, like, yeah, I, I somehow just saw you hopping on rides with no shirt on. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. That happens. Just I don't... If, I, if they let ride me. seven dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how did you do that? Now I got the whole gut too. I oh. still don't think yeah. I'd care. He doesn't really oh. hide them. It's just they're. Well, you about to be married? Sideways. They're addictive, aren't they? Are what, they the gut or the tattoos? the tattoos? Oh, uh, I don't like sort of because you're like, man, that was really cool. I like how this one. You know, I bet I could also do this. And you keep looking for ideas. Oh, that. This is a different podcast. He was about to wrap this thing up. Yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> we may, maybe we'll talk about it. On I don't have part any. two. <laughs> Me either. Yet. Wait, wait, TJ. So how, how, do, how do y'all feel about tattoos? I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Solid. Perfect. Quick answers. We like this. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, too old now. Yeah. Can we, did you wanna? Did you wanna wrap this up? Because I'm I'm bad at wrapping. Oh, God moment of the week. God, yeah. We yeah, I can't forget that. that. So we like to do um, where we just wrap it up. Just tell everybody just something that God did this week for us. It's you know whether a challenge. An inspiration, a praise report. Uh, I'm really sad, and God punched me while I was on the ground and made me we cry. We got one. That's Ooh. not we went well, that's together. Exciting. We Ooh. hung in there. We didn't quit. <laughs> yeah, oh. we didn't quit. Wait, okay. You're not going to tell that on this it, podcast, right? Yeah, it's recorded. Yeah, yeah. It's okay yeah. if we we we'll do oh. ours first because you all sound like a lot better than what ours usually yeah. is. Okay. Last time, <laughs> last time his his was a praise report about having a really big cup. So yeah, I usually we want to want to save the good one last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to go ahead? Um, my God moment of the week was 
Well, we did not plan today well. Uh, we ate breakfast, <laughs> and we, it was bad. Yeah, uh, there were eggs and cheese, but it really just felt like wet sand. And I remember mm. what happened was I remember him saying he liked cheese in his scrambled eggs. So I was like, oh, well, I love TJ, so I'll do extra cheese, and it ended up being mostly cheese, and then that was bad. That mm. wouldn't have been bad. Something else had to happen. I burned the butter. Because <laughs> like the it just it. there was no egg texture or taste. He cooked it in raw cheese. It was yeah. It was like eating mm. really small gravel. Oh, How was that your bad moment? It's not. Oh, <laughs> like, that's the start. We okay. didn't plan today out very well, obviously. So we wasted a lot of time by doing nothing. So by sometimes the doing nothing leads to something. Piglet. No, no I, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. I mean, I, I knew Robin. it was from that movie. <laughs> Man, it we should have taken like credit. A, it has such a good, like, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh feel. I have a, one of my favorite books right? on, I like to read about other religions, just so I'm knowledgeable. What? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. What other one of my favorites oh. is called The Tao of Pooh, and explains what Taoism is through the lens of Winnie the Pooh. And that's one of my favorite books. So you're not afraid that you, no, never mind. Do, I, oh, yeah. Please oh, finish your ahead. story. No? He is not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> um. But have, uh, we obviously didn't plan this out very well, so we didn't build time to eat into this trip. But, you know, when we got here, you guys had food. So, Aww. Yeah, it was nice. Or I think day. that's the prayer report that God will provide. Yeah. yeah. God Hallelujah. Will ram in the bush, man. A ram Always a in ram. The bush. In the bush. <laughs> I, I usually don't plan for things, so God provides a lot. Yeah. That's good. Yes, he does. Mine Thank technically was last week, but it's been since the last podcast, so it's. Just don't tell us it was last week. Well, it wasn't last week. Uh, <laughs> we, me and my fiance, went to check out the venue in Duke, which we definitely can't use. It turns out you have to be a student or something for their, their wedding. Chapel. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, we were looking at at it for the venue, and it was just so interesting to just kind of like walk around the chapel and see not not only how big and how grand it was, but every like all the different points all the different columns were arrows pointing up because you know it was gothic architecture and that was the entire point of gothic architecture and they had the stained glass all throughout the church and each one told a different story from the bible and all this different stuff and i sat there thinking about how so many different people worship god in so many different ways i was like man some guy built this building and the entire time was thinking how can i point to god better and like the way he built the building was like okay what way will this cause people to look up? And some guy made this stained glass thinking, how can I best tell the stories of the Bible so that I can give some glory to my God? And it was like every little part of that building, someone had something to do with worshiping God and pointing towards him. And I just thought that was such a cool thing. I was like, man, you know, sometimes I forget all the different ways that, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I do that. Like, I don't think in my life I sit down and go, man, how could I do what I'm doing right now in such a way that it points to God better? And the detail that went into that really spoke to me. I thought that was crazy. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so ours was <laughs> together. Just doing a combined yeah. one? Yeah, we're doing a combined one that we had decisions to make. No, you have to say to it make. in sync. Yeah. We, say it in sync. We can't. Oh, um, man. Yeah. I was going to try. That would be too short, but she's <laughs> like, all right, go ahead. No. We had a... <laughs> <laughs> I will say a word, and then you say the next one, see if we can get it. Okay. We had a... <laughs> God moment. What do we have? Yeah, this week. When we did not quit. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Did not quit what? What did you think? What did you not quit? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know a word for it. 
decision. <laughs> yeah, decision. decision. We were going to make. So we can't go into all details, oh. but there were, you know, decisions on her end she was going to make, uh, decisions on my end we had to make. And then uh, we were really neutral, but the Lord changed the whole thing around where we didn't even have to make those decisions. So that yeah, was they a were hard decisions. big yeah, God difficult. moment. Wow. Yeah. Nice. God. Yeah. I stepped it for you. And, and I just want to say too, uh, I saw God yesterday in a, um, a dying cancer patient. Um, and I know that's like, Oh, what, you know, you're describing buildings, you're God provided. And he obviously didn't let us give up. Um, but I think sometimes we omit him even in the suffering. And so, uh, yeah, there's like a friend of mine, She's now she has cancer and immediately like hospice is stepping in and that kind of stuff and sat at the edge of the couch just um just knowing that God is faithful and uh you know you talk about love compelling love and it built us towards love and um but I think suffering we're not going to really understand uh sometimes the the full scope of who God is and who he is for us unless we do suffer and um and so I, I for whatever reason you know this is this is her this is her deal, but yet the family is there, and 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 we got to go and just minister with our presence, Lance and I, and um, oh, yeah, love Lance. Oh, don't you? He's just. Hopefully, we have him on here one day. He's incredible. It's a yeah. Titanic moment. Let's just go. Let's just go <laughs> see back to the Titanic. Here we go. I mean, the whole Titanic. That's it. But, but for real, like we forget oh, yeah. that, that he's in he's in those moments too. One of the you most. Know? What is it? One of the most spiritually effectual? I, I don't know. I'm trying to say spiritual and effective at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just can't right. think of a good word. Yeah, we'll take it. Spiritual. One of the most spiritual books I've read in the last couple <laughs> years was, of course, C.S. Lewis. But it's uh, The Problem with Pain. It was right after his wife died. And mm. he gets so raw. And he's, he's so good with words, just mm-hmm. describing how he mm-hmm. felt that it was like, oh, man. And it's like all but the last few pages is just you're reading this going, man, I feel like this man who has already passed, took my heart out, shredded it into little pieces. Mm. Why on earth mm. am I reading this? And then the last few pages, he's like, but here's what God does with that. And yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, wow. And it's it's a beautiful book. He's in the suffering I'll as well. I'll drop an Amazon yeah. link to that in the, yeah. and then show notes too. Is that the problem crazy. with pain? Yeah, the problem oh, yeah. with pain, yeah. What's really fun, if you can read that and, um, you know, it's, uh, no, I'm talking about a grief observed. The problem of pain is the other one. You read those okay. together, it's really cool. The problem of pain is where he's like intellectually thinking through what the point of pain is, and he's like really cold and intellectual. And then a grief observed is him actually dealing with it, and it's like, wow, this was the same person. Weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's for another podcast. Is I could it? spend another yeah, hour on that. You can have those two traits yeah, in we, one person. Yeah. You can. Yeah, <laughs> y'all want to spend another hour out of that? No. <laughs> all right. So, you can talk about C.S. Lewis all you want. <laughs> I, I really could. I'll have my own C.S. Lewis podcast next. Yeah. It will I'm, be your own because I, I, I won't that. listen to you talk about C.S. Lewis for that long. <laughs> I could. All right. Do you want to wrap right, us up? So that'll be the end of our half of this podcast. Uh, you'll have to follow uh, Pastors of a Dying Church to hear the rest. It's kind of like um, I talked about it earlier. Like when Disney Channel used to do that, That's or Even Sweet Life and that third show we can't think of because it wasn't as good. <laughs> where like all of the groups were on each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're only hearing part of it. You want to hear the rest. You gotta watch that so right. Got yeah. like the Flash and Green Arrow, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah. those are good too. Yeah, yeah, like that too. Yeah. Or Supergirl. Yeah. Ooh, Supergirl. Yeah, she's. On you know, Washington. I like the first season. I didn't like it after that. Uh-huh. Anyway, I've anyway, yet to watch. I probably won't. <laughs> but follow us on Facebook, um, please. Uh, Instagram. Can you tell them about the Patreon? 
Yeah, yeah. If y'all uh, follow us on Patreon, we have until the 21st, or I'll say until the podcast that releases with Tim Coulter. I don't know exactly when that is. So that's the beginning of next month. Until then, if you join us on Patreon and support us, you are entered in for a chance to win a Kindle Fire 7 with Francis Chan's book, Letters of a Dying Church, on that as well. And it, it helps us with the mic and all that other really cool stuff that we need and to be able to do more free giveaways because... We want to keep our followers as involved as possible, reading the comments and feedback and everything like that. It's really important to us that you guys are part of this. I, I talk a lot about the priesthood of all believers, but with the podcast, it's, it's hard to do that, but we want to do our best to communicate with you guys. And also, mostly we communicate through Patreon. We have our people on there we send letters to and do daily devotionals and Email. a lot of stuff just to try and keep everybody involved. They get to hear us talk about random garbage. Don't you want to hear us talk about random garbage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do our reflections like every week and this coming week is going to be us talking about new music that came out Judah and the Lion released an album and I just really like it. not even a lot of new music just, yeah, yeah, just, just like a handful <laughs> of songs like, we, like, we can talk about this for like 15 minutes um, please leave a comment on our podcast on iTunes or Google Play that helps people see it and also share it on your social media that that helped a lot like I mentioned at the beginning of this force everyone you know to listen to this yeah, yeah just strap people down and make them listen and then force them to follow it yeah uh Click if you forward. have a God moment of the week you think we should read, uh, send us an email. We're the whole church. Yeah, the whole church email. at Gmail. Yeah. Not the whole church podcast at Gmail, just the whole church at Gmail. And uh, some future guests. Who, who do we have? We have Tim Coulter coming up in like two weeks. Two weeks. As the general presbyterian of the Church God of Prophecy in North America. We're really excited to have him on. Next week, I think we're going to have uh, Brother Baker and Dr. Smith. Brother Baker was our old state overseer, and Dr. Smith is a really smart guy. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to track down Chucky Chandler, and we're going to force him to sit down and talk to us for like 30 minutes. We do have um, Donald Whitney. One of my favorite authors is going to be at the end of the summer, so that's really exciting. And, of course, Francis Chan at the end of season one. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's it for our half of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, tune in to Masters of a Dying Church for the rest. Yeah.